Hey, hey, it's your girl, Carla Renata. We are back with Black Tomatoes on Black Hollywood Live for episode 3-6. Bohemian Rhapsody is tuning up the box office. Boy Erased with Nicole Kidman and Lucas Hedges are scorching. And we got a little nutcracker action right in time for the holidays. Stay tuned. Yes, we will rock you. Ah, ah. Yes, we are doing one of Queen's iconic, 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 iconic hits. We will rock you. Get on the beat, Scott. I know. I'm always off beat. <laughs> Don't worry like, about he it. He was doing that white people rhythm. Uh, I very much have white pe- people rhythm, and I'm proud oh of it. No, I'm just God. kidding. That was uh, pure comedy. Yeah. <laughs> you should see me at concerts. <laughs> Well, anywho, oh. welcome back to episode 36 of Black Tomatoes. I am your host, Carla Renata, and I am joined by my co-host. Scott Menzel. <laughs> Lovely to be here. It's Even great. though I'm off beat, it's all good. Oh my, that face hurts laughing at you. Oh my God, that was so freaking funny. That was hilarious. I just want to That's say- why we're the perfect duo. <laughs> You're always on point. I'm sometimes <laughs> off. <laughs> and I want to acknowledge my boy, Michael B., who, show, who joins us every week in the chat room. What's up, my brother? Thank you, and my sister. Not sure. Thank Michael, you, could, Michael thank, could be a boy thank, or a girl. Thank you, Michael, Michael for loving me. Michael could be a boy me. or a girl, but, you know, he's laughing. I'm flawed. He said, okay. he, said he still loves me. Anyway. <laughs> Insty-who. Welcome back, you guys. We got a lot to, to go over today, so let's just get right into it. Whew, I wore myself out just saying that. There you go. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody. Now, we did a little sneak peek of it last week talking about it because um, I knew that when it hit the box office that it was just going to slay, and it did over $50 million. Yeah. So I'm so excited for that. I'm so excited for Rami. I'm so excited for Queen. It was great, 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 great. So excited that it did well. Me too. And we talked about how much we loved it. Did we leave anything out when we talked last week? Uh, I, I mean, don't think I don't, we did. I don't think we talked a lot about the actual like setup of the movie. Okay. Um, so let's just chat about that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this is a really interesting film because a lot of people who are criticizing this, I would like to talk a little bit about mm-hmm. this, is that um, you and I have both said publicly that we love this movie it's it's an incredible film. And a lot of people are criticizing this movie because they're expecting it to be a totally different movie, which I think is so incredibly unfair well, to the movie. What are they expecting it's a, it to be? They want it to be that dark side of, you know, Freddie Mercury. They want dirt. They want that independent movie that they're not getting you with know, this movie. It's they want they want dirt. And it's like, you know, it, and it's because we live in such tabloid times. Yes. We live in an era now where if you're not saying something snarky or being mean or telling somebody's most innermost secrets, nobody really is boring. Nobody really wants to to check it out. And I'm sure there are, I'm every rock group has something that's dark oh, and yeah. dirty. And I'm sure Queen is no different. But that was not the purpose of making this film. The purpose of making this film was to show how Queen became Queen and how Freddie Mercury came to that group and how his contribution and their contribution together with the four of them changed rock and roll history. That's what the film is about. I agree. So, you know, for all those people that, those naysayers and all them little folk that are hating on it, stop hating, don't hate, congratulate. <laughs> and I and, and I want to also say that, you know, I think this is a feel-great feel film. Uh, I mean, if you don't know the story of Queen. Yes, this is kind of like an overview, but it's enough to kind of 
get uh, get your feet wet a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it makes you, if you're really into this movie, it makes you want to go research it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And it wants you to listen to all more of the Queen songs. Yeah. It really pulls you in. Yeah. And, and that's if you're not familiar with the music. If you're someone who's familiar with the music, this is just like, you're just going to be like... <laughs> The entire movie. I mean, I, I was watching this guy next to me at the screening. I mean, he was just like. Let me tell you I, something. Everybody, every, I told you at my yeah, screening, people yeah. were clapping their hands and singing along. It was great. And when it was over, people applauded. We had a good time when we watched it. And it was like 10 o'clock in the morning, too. Yeah. So to be that happy at 10 o'clock in the morning after you have driven through rush hour traffic in L.A. to get to a screening on a studio lot, that says a whole lot about what kind of film that is. And so, and we learned some things about Freddie Mercury that we didn't know. I did not know Freddie Mercury had been married. I did not know Freddie Mercury was of Indian descent. Oh, I did not know that. I either. did not yeah. know that. I did not know that he refused to have his teeth fixed because it was going to alter the sound of his voice and his octaves if he had done so. I, yeah, I didn't know those things about him. I didn't know that the members of the group were all very educated men. Which, oh yeah, you know, which is kind of rare in rock and roll, you know. So that was kind of cool. So you learn, you end up learning things about the group that you didn't know before. Some things you'll be surprised by, some things you won't. But I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. So, I did, and and know, I love the uh, the Mike Myers scene in the movie. Uh, oh, right. I, I really like. It's funny because I think they did a great disservice by putting his name in the credits and like everyone's talking about this now. So I feel like I need to talk about it. <laughs> I, I think whoever came up with that scene deserves an extra zero on their paycheck because I just, <laughs> it's funny for multiple reasons. You know, it's funny because it's Mike Myers, but it's also because it ties to Wayne's World and the whole Bohemian Rhapsody in that movie. Like, it yeah. just, it's really brilliant. Oh, one other thing that I didn't know, I also did not know that, um, God, what is his name, the concert? Live Aid. Live, oh, Aid, Live Aid almost did not happen with Queen. It was this close to not happening. And when you watch the film, you'll find out why. But, man, it was it was really a, a great a great ride down memory lane. And the fact that they let that whole aspect of Live Aid play out in real time in the movie. That was awesome. That was amazing. Because it was spot on. Yeah, and I remember um, everyone was talking about this weekend because it opened in IMAX, mm-hmm. that you need to see this movie on IMAX because that experience i'm sure that sound oh, is awesome I, I, yeah. yeah i mean it was amazing at the fox lot so i can only imagine in a in a, in a, yeah. in a regular movie theater where yeah. they have that sound i'm sure it was wonderful so yeah. that is it for bohemian yep. rhapsody you guys it is produced by 20th century fox it is playing in theaters right now do not miss it you might want to run and go see it something else that you might want to run and go see is a film by focus features called boy erased it stars nicole kidman russell crowe lucas hedges um And it is an extremely disturbing story that is based on the book that Garrett Conley, who wrote the book, him and his mother, Martha, wrote this book. Well, not Martha, but Martha contributed to it. Garrett wrote the book. It's based on his life. And it's based on a very specific chapter of his life where um, he goes to college. An incident happens in college that may or may not make his family feel like he is homosexual as a means to prevent that and stop it from moving forward, the family makes a decision to send him to conversion camp. And the things that pop off there are just, it's disturbing, to say the least. It really is. It's very disturbing. I mean, the fact, I said this in my review, and I, I still can't believe I'm saying this, but the fact that it's 2018 and 
these places still exist. And wh- how many number of states is it? It's almost like 50. So that it's 50, all 50 it's states. 50, yeah. So this is the thing. So I'm wearing my 50. Yeah. Yeah. So for those watching on YouTube, you can see this pin. At, well, maybe you can see it. <laughs> it's called a 50, 50. They, they are um, trying Garrett and his mom and, and some people that he's working with are trying to um, initiate an initiative to stop conversion therapy in all 50 out of 50 states. I'm not exactly sure on the number of how many states are currently doing it, but they're trying to stop it because it's cruel and it's inhumane. So there's that. But earlier, so anyway, so there's that. Um, I really, I I don't want to say I enjoyed this film because I didn't enjoy it um, for the purposes of, enjoying a film but what I did like about the film is that it's bringing to light a subject that is often kept under covers and you'll hear when um, you hear this interview that I did with Garrett and his mom Martha about some some situations that I had come up with um, in my family as well but uh, one in a not, yeah, you'll you'll hear that, and you'll hear some other. Forty-one things. states, it's 41, still legal. Forty-one states out of fifty states, it's legal that's, to do conversion therapy. That's insane to me. Two thousand eighteen, people. Two thousand eighteen. Yeah, that's annoying. <laughs> so what we're gonna do is we're gonna go ahead and play this interview real quick, and then Scott and I will come back and give you the rest of our thoughts. Sure. Boy Erased is a book that was written by Martha and Garrett Conley that has now been turned into a feature film directed, written, and starring Joel Edgerton. I recently sat down at a roundtable to speak with Martha and Garrett, and this is what they had to say about Nicole Kidman, conversion therapy, and so much more. Yeah, she's always super sweet. You know, she sits down on the ground with you and takes her shoes off, and we talk about kids. Yeah. You know? She's a real person. She back. <laughs> Through the premiere. Uh-huh. How did you feel when you found out that Nicole Kidman was going to be playing you in a film? I'm still in shock. I said, do you think you could get Nicole Kidman by me? <laughs> and he kind of looked at me and he said, I could ask. And I'm like, she's my favorite. Oh I've my loved God. her for so many years. And I said, if you could get Nicole Kidman, I would just die, you know. And he's like, well, I, I can ask. And so when he actually told me, I thought it was a mean joke. <laughs> so how did he tell you, though? He just called. And said, you know, Nicole's on board. What was the first thought that crossed your mind? You crossed that threshold and they were trying to keep him captive. The very first thing I thought when I got there was, we are getting out of here. Because I was watching Garrett and he wasn't able to tell me at night or anything what had happened during the day or share anything. He just had homework. And I knew we couldn't go out in restaurants and things like that, you know. And so I was watching him sinking lower but the only problem with that is I think I would have noticed it even faster but I was sinking just as low as he was and Mm -hmm. I was hiding under the covers I know Nicole today said she wanted that to be in the movie so much because even though she portrayed you know me getting depressed she said she really wanted to show me going back to the room and really just being in the covers till it was time to go pick him back up right how how long was it for you Garrett after you left the camp how long did it take for you to embrace your authentic self because you realized I'm sure going through that experience that okay this is not I'm not crazy yeah this is not a thing for me this is who I am how am I going to embrace this for the rest of my life I mean I always talk about how conversion therapy in a facility you know is is almost just an amalgamation of everything we'd encounter our whole lives you know we'd heard so many 
prejudiced ideas about LGBTQ people and to have those ideas so condensed and immediately pushed on us for like two weeks, ironically it sped up the process of me being okay mm -hmm. with myself because you get up to the point, you know, I'd been suicidal before that and I became, I believe, very suicidal at the end of, of that conversion therapy experience and you start to realize like either something changes about how I see myself or it's over. When it gets that drastic, you know, you don't look back. <laughs> You're like, I'm not going back to that feeling again. Mm -hmm. And mom saw that in mm -hmm. me, and I she did. saved my life. You know, I was I, like, are you going to kill yourself? And yeah. I said, yes. I think if she hadn't asked that question, or if she hadn't noticed that, that I would have had a harder time leaving. Because there were so many times along the way where I thought, is this working? Is this right for me? But because, you know, of the pressure of the community and my parents, I just felt like I needed to keep going and right. keep trying. And I think and a lot of people... He was raised the same way, too. And, like, he even explained to me, because I've apologized to him every day for 14 years. <laughs> time to stop. <laughs> and yeah. he said, Mom, I was raised the same way. I think I had to at least go and try or at least experience a I mean, little bit of it. I, I don't think that that's true for other people. Right. I think that um, conversion therapy has killed a lot of people. Right. I don't wish it on anyone. That's why I say it's ironic that it sped up the process of, of me coming to terms with who I was. Let me tell you something. That scene in the film where they literally oh. have the Bibles and yeah. that young man was yeah. beating him. And they're beating him. I was, I grew up, I'm Buddhist now, yeah. but I grew up in the Pentecostal church. Uh -huh. That was, that was like a every Sunday yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah. Like, I, that was my life. Just beat him. We're going to beat him out of him. We're just going to beat him out of him. I've never seen that before. Oh, Did you ever wow. encounter, I'm just wondering because I've been asking this to everyone, in the, your Pentecostal church, did people try to convert people to oh, straight? Oh, yes. How'd they do they it? Would, they would, it never happened. Get the demons out. Yeah, of course, it doesn't work. They would say, because my, my, my grandparents were the, they ran the church. Like, they mm -hmm. started the church from the Mississippi River in St. Louis, on the Mississippi River into the inner city wow. of St. Louis, Missouri. And so they ran the church like they were the church. Mm -hmm. And what they would do is they would have the deacons and the usher board and, you know, the deacons' wives and whoever else that they wanted to bring in, very much like they would, mm -hmm. they did in the film mm -hmm. with, with you and your father and your mom. They bring the people in from the church and they ask you all these dumb questions. Mm -hmm. And they do, they just ask dumb questions and they say stuff like, you know, what do you think is going to happen to your soul if you continue yeah. down this line of life? What do you think is, what do you think Jesus is going to say yeah. to you? Do you think Jesus is going to accept you into the pearly gates with this behavior? And I literally want to punch him in the face because yeah. I sat there and I will watch that happen. I hope you're able to put this part in, in the interview because I think it's really important that people understand that conversion therapy comes in a lot of different forms mm -hmm. in a lot of different churches. Mm -hmm. And you That's don't one have of the to messages. Be, go to an institution. Yeah, it no, can just be don't. sitting across from a pastor who says that kind of stuff. It reminded me very much, have you, ever, have you guys ever seen that documentary, Jesus Camp? Yes. It's very much like Jesus Camp. You no, should see I it. Yeah. Seen it. It's intense. It's intense. You might not want to watch it for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a little while. We might want to leave that film alone just yeah. for a little while. Just that Bible beating in the, in yeah. the movie was enough for yeah. me. Yeah, that was hard. I don't think you get to choose who you love. I love my dad, mm -hmm. and it just is not going to end Like mm -hmm. for some reason. You can't choose. You yeah. can choose your friends, but yeah. you can't choose your family. Exactly. That's it. And, um, you know, we have arguments all the time, and, and I've been able to say to him, you know, how do you think the Baptist church, the white Baptist church, treated civil rights mm -hmm. during the day? Oh, my God. How did that go? And, yeah, do, you, and well. do you think that they used certain 
Bible passages mm-hmm. to justify slavery in the sure. past. Yes, I'm they, sure did. they did. Do they do it now? No, hopefully. Maybe right. some people yeah. do. No. I know, but the, <laughs> not my dad's church, you know. honestly. Okay. No, I don't think so. All right. And it's the same thing with women too. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. because I really believed growing up, I was taught, you know, that you just there's a pecking order. Absolutely. Well, women, but mm-hmm. also women are told to wear veils. You can't touch them as they're menstruating. Like, right. there's all these rules in the Leviticus right that You're nobody really follows. With, with right. Can't eat shrimp. If, if, <laughs> <laughs> my girls are going to send me to hell. Oh yeah, and we can't I, yeah. wear we can't oh, no. wear mixed uh, textures. You can't wear right. mixed fabrics. Right. And, I can't oh, wear, and makeup. Yeah. Yeah. And no one's doing that. Makeup, and we shouldn't oh, yeah. cut our oh, hair, oh, and then my pearls. Oh please! Right. I remember one time they used to have uh, there was a um, something called hot pants that were really popular. Oh yes. And I was sitting on that front porch <laughs> in all my glory and my hot pants, oh. living my best life. And my great grandfather came out there and he was like. Daughter, I'm gonna need you to go upstairs and change your oh, clothes. Man. That's what he called me when we get pissed mm-hmm. off. He said, Daughter, I'm gonna need you to go upstairs and change your clothes. And I'm like, I'm like, yes, sir. He said, What was that? And I yes, said, sir. Yes, sir. I remember that. <laughs> then I went, and then when I, my back was turned, I rolled my eyes. Just, yes. just, just, mm-hmm. just devilish. And just now wrong. look at you. And now look at <laughs> you. I'm just a heathen. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoy being in this roundtable with Miss Kathy Copcut, the Bel Air Mommy, speaking to Garrett and Martha Conley. They were a hoot, but they were the most real, down-to-earth people I'd ever met. Boy Erased, produced by Focus Features. It will be in your theaters on November 2nd. This is your girl, Carla Renata, a.k.a. the Curvy Film Critic. Until the next time, love, peace, and hair grease. I love that interview with them because it was so small and it was so intimate. And Miss Martha was like, well, my pearls are just going to put me in hell. (laughs) (laughs) I love her so much. They were so down to earth and so real. And uh, what I didn't air in this interview, I had to cut it down because it's like 14 minutes long. But or actually longer than that. It was about 30 minutes that we spoke. And I cut it down to like maybe seven or eight. But what we didn't talk about was... um, what well, we did talk about in the interview about how it was like for her going back home after oh, that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's one thing for, for Garrett to write a book. Nobody knows whether they've read the book. You don't know whether they've read a book right. or not. You know, you can't tell when somebody's gone in a bookstore and purchased a book. But when it's a feature film, everybody knows. Everybody sees it. And she's still her husband is still a pastor. She's still the first lady of the church. So, you know. That's probably why they changed the name. The boy erased? No, no, no. His name's Jared in the movie. They pronou- his name is Garrett. His name is Garrett, but they pronounce it Jared Jared, in, Jared uh-huh. in the movie. Yeah. Um, and they changed the name of his mother and his father in the film too. Yeah. But they were lovely and I and he's doing some he's a writer now. He lives in New York City. Um he's doing a lot of work with the LGBTQ community. Um and I just feel like I feel like this film is so important and I really feel like it should get some love this award season if for nothing else. And let me tell you something else too, what else freaked me out. When I met his mom, I kind of gagged a little bit because his mother, Nicole Kidman, does such a spot on portrayal of his mom. I mean, she got the voice, the mannerisms, everything. It was a little freaky. Yeah. <laughs> when she walked through the door, I was like, Oh, is I that can Nicole see that Kidman? just yeah, I can see that just listening to that. It was crazy. It was like, oh my goodness. I mean, she's got that southern accent down and you know what I mean? I was like, wow. It was it was but I think the person that really should get some love out of everybody in that film is Lucas Hedges. Oh. 
because he's doing some really brave, raw, real work in this film, and it's not like anything people have seen him do before. I I love this movie. I saw it at Telluride. It was my favorite movie there. Um, I, I remember walking out of it, and I went up to the focus person. I was like, I love this movie. <laughs> and the, and one of the actors in the movie was like next to him, and Ashley saw him, and she was like, he was like, you should have seen his reaction, Scott. His like his like jaw dropped, and he was like staring at you. He was like, yeah. And I just I I. Lucas Hedges mm-hmm. is an incredible actor. He's mm-hmm. in three movies this year. He's on Broadway right now. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he's every role that he takes is different than the last mm-hmm. one. And he's so powerful in this movie, he doesn't even have to say a word. Mm-hmm. It's like the way he stares at the camera. He just conveys so much emotion through his eyes, through his hand movements, He's such an incredible, talented. He's like twenty-one years old. I know. I can't. He's twenty-one years old. I cannot old. wait to see what the universe has in store for him in the future because he's really quite brilliant. Yeah, and I mean, I this movie, like you were saying, I, I think you know, it's it's hard to come out of this movie and say I enjoyed it. It's not a it's not a movie where I was like, oh my god, that was wonderful. Let me go back and see it again. But like you were saying, it's so incredibly important, and it, it highlights such an important issue, and it's. The subject matter is handled so brilliantly. And this is one of the few Very films... Very tastefully, I thought. This is one of the few films that I've seen this year where I felt like everyone who was a part of this movie cared about the message. Like, they really... Like, they put their heart and soul into this material. You don't see that all the time in movies. Mm-mm. You don't feel like everyone really cares about the, the story. It's just kind of like, ah, I'm here for a paycheck. You know, there's some great performances in movies, but... This one, you just felt like there was passion from everyone, whether it was Joel from behind the camera or in front of the camera, to Lucas, to Nicole. Everyone was just amazing. And let's just talk about Joel Edgerton for a second, because he is doing the Bradley Cooper for Boy Race. He is directing. He co-wrote the script with Garrett. He's um, acting in the film. I think he produced it as well, along with Focus Features and Garrett. I mean, there's a lot going on. And so I'm almost positive this film will get... um, recognition for best move best picture and it's gonna it's gonna have like it's gonna be on the flip side of a star is born it's gonna get a lot of nominations but i'm not quite sure how they're going to fall if they're going to fall it's really know? hard because nicole kidman has this movie for supporting actress she has destroyer she has like three movies out right yeah but this one and destroyer are the two but luckily, they're in two different categories. She'll be a lead actress for Destroyer. She'll be supporting, supporting for, for this. this. Yeah. Um, I, I saw both movies. I really don't know which performance is better. She's so good in both of them. Um, and I, I really would love to see Lucas Hedges get a nomination. It's such a tough year. I don't know if he's going to win. I, I, when I came out, I no, tell you right. He won't win. Yeah, but he will, he will get nominated. He won't win. But he will get nominated. Because it is. this is a really good uh, year for film because I was saying last week every week I would come and I've yeah. said this to you oh, I know. every week I come out of a movie I'm like oh my god that's my new favorite movie every week and I can't remember the last time I went to, to a, a theater and was so excited about almost every single solitary film that I saw it was great so we both love Boy Erased. Oh, yeah, loved it. Yep. So you guys, again, this is another one that is in <laughs> theaters right now. Go see it. It is produced by Focus Features. It's called Boy Erased. It stars Nicole Kidman, Russell Crowe, and Lucas Hedges. Now, for something that I have mixed feelings about. 
Okay. The Nutcracker and the Four Realms. <laughs> I have some mixed feelings about this one, too. The Nutcracker and the Four Realms is produced by Disney, Walt Disney Studios, Walt Disney Pictures. And it is a narrative version of the really popular, iconic ballet, The Nutcracker. They've taken that ballet and made it into a narrative film. This is what I have to say about that. I used to be a dancer. I never did ballet because, you know, as a little black girl in America, if you had a butt <laughs> or breast, you were not encouraged to pursue ballet. So there was that. Um, but that did not stop me from liking that ballet. Having said that, I would have preferred if they had just taken the ballet and did some really crazy wonderful, unique, fantastical thing with the ballet as opposed to putting a narrative on it because I did not enjoy that. And honestly, the only part of the film that I really enjoyed was when Misty Copeland was dancing because I was like, oh, like the toy soldiers didn't dance. The toy soldiers were kind of demonic and crazy. You know, I, I enjoy it. Actually, the film didn't even pick up for me until they hit the four realms, actually. When they hit the four realms, I was actually like, oh, okay, this is interesting. I felt like Morgan Freeman and Helen Mirren were wasted. I really enjoyed Mackenzie Foy. She was lovely, very lovely girl. I liked her a lot. The little boy that played the Nutcracker, not so much. <laughs> I mean, and you talk know, about wooden. You know, I mean, I mean right? <laughs> you know, and I usually don't poo-poo films. I usually my yeah. my train of thought is, you know, I know that it took them a long time to make this. I don't like to. To, to pour acid rain on anybody's parade, but I did say that I liked the second half better than the first. I felt like the through line of the family losing the mom, I felt like that wasn't fully fleshed out. It was kind of like... It's kind of creepy, kinda, too. It was kind of all over the place, and it was kind of weird to me how the father was only paying attention to that one daughter. It was just odd. So before we give to your opinion, let's throw okay. a little bit of the trailer up to talk about it. It'll be coming up anytime now, but until that happens. <laughs> until that happens, Walt Disney Pictures presents The Nutcracker. Your gift this year will be something you'll never forget. Most people don't realize there are troubled realms within our world. So, what was interesting about this movie? For me was that when I watched this trailer and did very little for me but the one thing that I took away from it was this is going to have amazing cinematography and it's going to have amazing costume design and it did and, it, and, and I feel like it had amazing costume design and halfway great cinematography because I felt like certain scenes were beautiful and vivid and then other ones just looked like they used the cheapest CGI they could find Mm, you think so? Yeah, there was just certain points in the Let movie where I just said that that Mouse King thing. <laughs> oh my God, that creeped me out so. It was like I felt like remember that movie that came out a long time ago, Ben. Yeah. Oh my God. About the rat. Crispin Glover. Yeah, yes. I loved it. Yeah. I was like, oh, you liked Ben? Yuck. Yeah. Yes. I'm just like, I don't need to see. I don't need to see rodents crawling in multiple nothing. Like yeah. I just, just. 
was freaked that, out by that. That movie's called like Willard, it. and it, you're, it had the song Ben by right, Michael okay, Jackson. Right. All right. Yeah. But didn't they come out with a movie named Ben later? There was, no, 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 that was the song, and they had like a music video for it. I and just, he, Crispin just, Glover did that with the rats calling all over him. My mind is seared <laughs> with the rats. Yeah. My mind is seared with the rats, but I did not, <laughs> did not. When that happened, I was like, okay, I was good, and now I'm waiting for, like, a mouse to crawl across my feet in the theater, which is not going to happen on the Walt Disney Studio lot, but oh my goodness, I was like, this sucks. I don't like this. It was gross. I thought the movie. I thought the movie was so uneven. I didn't mind the fact that they tried to do something different with it. In fact, if I had to give the movie any points, I would give it points for trying to do something unique because I feel like we've had so many different versions of the Nutcracker. It's like how many times can you redo this? But the problem was is that it just felt so disjointed and all over the place. And like you were saying. There's so many talented actors in this movie, and they're all wasted. And they're all, like, acting on different levels. Like, Kiara Knightley in this movie, she got it. Like, she got the tone, and she was, like, over the top, and she was having a good time. But Mackenzie Foy was, like, she was, like, sometimes she's playing it too serious. Sometimes she was too light. Helen Mirian just, like, she was, like, okay, I'm here for my paycheck. Let me just walk out. <laughs> Morgan Freeman. Just <laughs> yeah, Morgan Freeman just standing there. He's, like, ah, can I, you want to be in a movie for 10 minutes? Sure, why not? How much am I getting paid? I'll do it. Um, you know, it just it was all over the place and the visuals were all over it. Like everything about this movie, you can tell like it, it two two directors are credited on this movie. It literally feels like one of them walked out halfway through it and someone else stepped in and tried to make it. Because the first half, like you said, and the second half feel like two completely different movies. Yeah, it just yeah, and you know I'm a big Disney fan. I, I, I it's okay. They're not. They, they mean, can make I, mistakes I, too. I, I pretty much love everything <laughs> they do. Is is anyone that has watched Black Tomatoes mm-hmm. over the last eight or nine months knows. I I'm a huge Disney fan. I love the studio. Ooh, speaking of Disney, they, <laughs> my little commercial break. They do have a special coming on tonight. Mickey Mouse's 90th birthday is on ABC, so y'all might want to check that and, out. And who went to that? I went to that. Yeah. It was fantabulous. I had a good time. You can see all about it on my IG and my Twitter. But, um, yeah. So that's how I felt about that. Is that all you have to say about Nutcracker? Yeah. Pretty much? Yeah. Yeah, that's all I have to say about that, too. But you know what? I don't have a whole lot to say. What I do Do have a lot to say about about. is the BHL fans, like my boy Michael B. and Steven that are in the chat room right now. BHL fans, Black Hollywood Live is the first urban digital broadcast network in existence. And since its inception, BHL has prided itself on creating outstanding content in all areas from news, music, and politics to lifestyle and entertainment. We've not only given a voice to the often underserved Black and Latino community, we've also provided new hosts with the dopest platform to exercise their talents like they do here for Scott Menzel and myself. And that's not all, y'all. BHL has done the same for many Hollywood's A-list, including Oprah Winfrey, whom has made multiple BHL appearances and given us several shout-outs, which we are eternally grateful for. Now, Black Hollywood Live, Live needs your help. How can you do that? I'm going to tell you how. By subscribing to our YouTube channel, that's how, and by subscribing to Black Tomatoes. Please subscribe to Black Tomatoes. You can do it on YouTube. You can do it via iTunes. You can do it via Spotify. You can find us everywhere. Please like us, support us, talk to us, and subscribe. And when you do that, you don't have to worry about any, you know, bothersome or pesky notifications. They're totally optional. Totally optional. 
optional. So hit that subscribe button now. It helps us to continue our work. And let us know that you did in the comments as well. And we'll show you some love on the air like we have earlier for Michael B. and Steven. Thank you for being supportive BHL fans, helping us take the network to the next level and continue to redefine Hollywood. Yeah. Hollywood. Redefined. Hollywood, Hollywood redefined. <laughs> All right. So... I, there was a whole bunch of film news, but I would much rather talk about Top Gun. Okay, yeah. <laughs> because Top Gun is our film film moviversary. So, like I said, well, I didn't say at the beginning of the show, but I say at some point during the show, every time we do it, that we have two segments that we add. One is the streaming pick of the week, and the other one is the movieversary. I was going to say filmversary, but that's not it. The movieversary. The movieversary of this week is Top Gun starring Stonks. Top Gun, I get my mouth just stop. It just betrayed me. It's okay. Is Top Gun starring Tom Cruise and Kelly McGinnis? I loved this movie when it came out. The Need for Speed, baby. How could you not love this movie? <laughs> it was a great, great film, and it is celebrating 30 years this year. And what's really ironic about it is that they're going to do a remake of it, and Tom Cruise is involved with that too. It's actually going to be a sequel. Yes, which well, is, which, I want to say remake. I mean sequel. Which is, which is so interesting because <laughs> at first when they announced it, I was kind of like, really? And the casting and all the news about it, I'm I'm really excited for it. I'm on board for it because guess what? Tom Cruise don't look any different <laughs> now than he did then. No, he doesn't. I'm just saying, the boy ages well. He drinks those green protein shakes every I don't day know or what he's drinking know. or what he's doing, but he is doing his thing, and I love him for it. So that's a big shout-out to Tom Cruise and his 30th anniversary of Top Gun. Now, the streaming pick of the week, usually it is a film, an old film that we pick, but I chose to pick a... TV series that is streaming right now on Amazon Prime. It's called Homecoming, and it stars Julia Roberts, Dermot Mulroney, Stefan James, just a pl- uh, uh, Shea Wiggum, just a plethora of people are in there. And it is just the thing that I love about Homecoming, and it's directed by Sam Esmail, who does uh, Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot. The thing that I love about Homecoming is that it is a TV series streaming, but it looks like a feature film. There's only 10 episodes, and they're real short. You can knock it out in one segment. They're 30 minutes each. And it deals with this facility that is supposed to be a a facility to help veterans get back on their feet before they have to go back, either go back out to fight or go back home. And that's what it's supposed to be but that turns out not to be what it is and Julia Roberts character is excuse me is the the person the therapist that helps them all get back into place she helps them work through whatever things that they were having difficulty with so that they can get over that hurdle and get back into society and the way it plays out and the twists and turns are crazy but what's really crazy is that chemistry between her and Stefan James it is Amazing. Amazing. And Stefan James, for people that do are not familiar with Stefan James, Stefan James is the star of the new film that's coming out called If Bill Street Could Talk, the new Barry Jenkins film. And if you like him on Homecoming, you're not going to be ready for him and If Bill Street Could Talk. <laughs> I'm just saying, I am, I am a huge Stefan James fan. I interviewed him on the red carpet for Bill Street in Toronto. He's the real deal. I interviewed him for homecoming as well and I, those will be up on 
the curvy filmcritic.com YouTube site so you can check those out. But man, it's really good. I find it's one of those things that you stream that you go, Oh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stream one and see how I feel about it. And then you go, oh, but I got to see what's next. I got. It's kind of like when you watch, if you've ever streamed Handmaid's Tale or House of Cards or anything like that that you really, really, really like. And you go, oh, I'm just going to watch a couple of episodes. And then you find yourself like in front, in front of the TV like five hours later. It's immersive. Yes, yeah. very much so. Very much so. It's really, 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 really good. I, I think it's interesting because Julia Roberts is having such an incredible year. I mean, she's got this this show I've been hearing nothing, you know, just I've been hearing tons about it for like the past like month, month and a half now. It's great. And then she has Ben and ba- Ben is back, mm-hmm. which comes out. I think it's like the first week of December, mm-hmm. and that's also with Lucas Hedges. And I mean, have you have you seen it yet? Mm-mm. Her performance in that incredible. Really? Another incredible. It's it's interesting. You're talking about Ben is back, right? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah I but I'm just just yet. saying that like Julia Roberts. It's interesting because I feel like she's been out of limelight for a little bit, mm-hmm. and to have Homecoming and then Ben is back and like hearing all this talk about her maybe doing Oscars and now maybe with an Emmy. I mean, that's incredible because really she, her, 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 her cred was very low over the last couple of years. I feel like she didn't have as much. But you know what? That is all right with me because she is back and in full effect. And I interviewed her on the red carpet too. Let me tell you something about Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts what what we all as fans of hers think she is, that's exactly what she is. When I interviewed her on that red carpet, you won't find a more gracious, more lovely, more supportive, more let me talk to you with your outlet person ever on the red carpet than Julia Roberts. Wow. I promise you. That's amazing. She was thebomb.com. And so was Sam Ismail, the director. He was great. I interviewed him. I had to cut I had to cut up the piece just to have his section be separate because he talked he talked for so long. And I'm like, why is he talking to me for so long? But I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed talking to him. The thing that's really great about this piece though is very it's it's a thriller. It's a drama thriller, very Hitchcock esque is uh-huh. what it is. And it's just it's really good. And Dermot Marooney has a nice little part in it. He's actually kind of funny in it. So it He's not, I'm sure he's not trying to be the comic relief, but he kind of is the comic relief. Um, Marianne Jean-Baptiste is in it as oh, well. Okay. She plays Stefan James's mom. It's, it's, it's really, it, I, I just, I don't even have enough adjectives. And Add it to, to the queue, ladies and gentlemen. Add it to the queue. Add it to the queue. Well, that does it for us, my brother. We are done. Yes. For this that was episode. a great episode. I know, right? So next week, we're going to talk about The Grinch. I will not be here next week. I am sorry. I yes. will tell you right now. Yes. I am sorry. He will but not I will be, be back here. next week, the week not, after. He, he will not be here, but Travell Anderson I know. from the LA Times will be. I don't know. <laughs> I want to meet <laughs> you want to meet but, Travel? <laughs> It'll happen. It'll happen. One day. But Travel Anderson will be joining me next week, and we're going to talk about the front runner, the Grinch, and Le Bomb. Or Les Bomb. Les Bomb. Les Bomb. Did you see Les Bomb? I did not. Yeah. I'm about to see it. Okay. But I have seen the front runner and the Grinch, so mm-hmm. that's going to be interesting. And Travel and I always have some very high, highly spirited conversations. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You definitely do. So as I said before, if you guys have not gone to the YouTube channel and subscribe to Black Hollywood Live or subscribe to the Black Tomatoes show, please do so. We would really appreciate it. Go over to Spotify and iTunes and do that as well. 
And join us next week for episode 37 of Black Tomatoes here on Black Hollywood Live. I am your host, Carla Renata. You can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. You can find me right after this over at AfterBuzz TV doing the General Hospital After Show. And you can also find me on Monday nights at AfterBuzz doing Dance with the Stars After Show. Where can we find you, Scott? That's a long laundry list. I know it is. It's very long. <laughs> I'm a busy girl. <laughs> uh, Scott Menzel, WeLiveEntertainment.com. You can read my written reviews and my interviews there. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the other Scott M. Also, a new YouTube channel, the other Scott M. as well. And Ooh, look at you. yes, and then I have meet the movie press nine a.m. on Fridays and L A O F C S weekly eleven a.m. on Fridays. Both of which are on the Popcorn Talk Network. Thank you so much for watching and supporting this show. We really, really appreciate it. Yes, we do. So until next week and two weeks for Scott. Love, peace, and hair grease. See you next time. Bye. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live. Scipio, Instagram me at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.